Welcome to the Star Citizen Night Bus, a quirky mixture of fact, fiction, and opinion. I'm your host, Alyssiana, from alyssianasworld.com. There are only two show topics this week, since both are rather lengthy. Alpha 3.0 planetside content and the conclusion of The Exterminator. You can hear part one of The Exterminator in Nightbus episode five. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy. The Nightbus is exiting stasis. Please secure all personal items. Departing the station in three, two, one. The Star's Citizen Explorer Playstyle takes flight. I gaze as far as the eye can see, and I can go there if I please. With the coming of Alpha Patch 3.0, Star Citizen backers will be experiencing what I'm dubbing Explorer 1.0. It's our first taste of seamlessly moving from space to a planet-side location and back. Our first look at a free-roaming borderless planet-side location, where if you choose, you can walk, fly, or run the full circumference of a world. No barriers, no invisible walls. In Richard Bartle's classification of player types, I'm predominantly an explorer. In Marzaweski's Hexad, I'm a free spirit and a philanthropist combo. I play MMOs to experience someone else's vision of a fantastical world, share my stories about my adventures, and help others along the way. I revel in turning what was provided to everyone into a unique experience that speaks to me and of me. I want to excel at the things that delight me most. Crafting, trade, and the economy. The content coming in Alpha Patch 3.0 is the first beacon of light for my particular playstyle. Our journey from deep space to a planet-side location will be entirely under our own steam. No magical portal system handwavium lives here. From Port Olisar, I will request one of my ships and depart. Using the upcoming in-game star map, I'll be able to choose a destination and quantum there, much like we can today, except that planet-side locations will also be available. If I prefer the slower route, I can simply point my ship in the right direction and go. As seen in the GamesCon 2016 demo, your ship will transition from spaceflight to atmospheric entry and finally to atmospheric flight. This will be a seamless transition, no loading screens. Content will be streamed to your client as needed. After descending into the atmosphere, you can put down at a designated landing zone or free roam and land anywhere. The only game-controlled landing we expect to encounter is if you deviate from authorized approach lanes in densely populated cities. Beyond that, fly to wherever your desire leads. 
A Traveler's Guide, Setting Expectations for Alpha 3.0 Celestials. In order to create and continually populate CIG's ambitious universe, they've developed technology for procedurally generating planets, painting biospheres, controlling weather effects, day and night cycles, dynamic lighting, and the construction of modular surface outposts. Players will be playtesting the results of all this new technology for the first time in Alpha 3.0. This is probably one of the reasons that the surface locations in the upcoming patch are three moons and a planet-sized asteroid. By and large, these aren't the types of locations you expect to be populated with dense cityscapes. It's an alpha. They need to refine and test the tech's core abilities first. That said, there is diversity among these locations themselves. Selen. Selen features over a hundred dormant volcanoes, said to represent its simmering anger. These volcanoes can become active at any time. It's also dotted with dangerous thermal geysers that erupt without notice. Visibility can be hampered by highly corrosive clouds of gas that are regularly released from its surface. Yella. Yella is the most frigid of the Crusader moons. Anyone careless enough to step outside without a spacesuit will die instantly from its freezing temperatures. You'll also have to watch out for cryovolcanoes that erupt unexpectedly from deep crevasses. Damar. Damar's surface is a harmonic blend of Yella and Selen. It's mountainous and shares a warm likeness to Yella's frozen crevasses. Its dense atmosphere, thick fog, and a loose dirt surface make traveling difficult. In addition to exploring these three Crusader moons, two new mission givers will be introduced, Miles Eckhart and Rudo, both of whom made appearances in the Gamescom 2016 demo. With cargo hauling, trade, inventory management, and grabby hands arriving in this same patch, I'm certain we'll see a diverse set of missions on planet surfaces and in space. Given that this is a sandbox, we can't neglect the infinite opportunities for players to create their own fun. Impromptu planet-side PvP war zones, Dragonfly Canyon races, Allopod racing in Star Wars, ground vehicle racing using the Ursa Rover, which will be available for the first time, and lots and lots of RP-type shenanigans. Haters will denounce the release for starting with Moonscape-type locations. I believe that you walk before you run. A slew of new tech is being rolled into Alpha 3.0 for playtesting. I think we'll have enough on our hands helping to test and bulletproof this without the complexity of vast cityscapes. Although space exploration is why a backstar citizen, I am an MMO explorer at heart. I enjoy seeing the sights and sounds of strange new worlds. 
I delight in finding quiet, out-of-the-way spaces. I'm fascinated by poking around the dwellings and artifacts of those worlds, discovering what they say about this supposed culture. Alpha 3.0 is where this journey begins for me. BHAG Big, hairy, audacious goal incoming. To augment the procedural generation of planets and modular building sets, CIG will also be handcrafting many zones. This will ensure that the universe feels unique and varied. Many have dubbed these efforts hero zones. One such zone has been included in the Alpha 3.0 schedule as a stretch goal, meaning if it's ready, it's in. If it's not, it won't hold up the release. The BHAG zone for 3.0 is the inclusion of Delamar in its Levski landing zone. We saw a video of the landing zone quite some time ago and expected it to be in the Alpha last year. However, CIG's improvements to their development process with new technology and systems sometimes means that completed content has to be reworked to fit the new standard. Delamar and its landing zone will be added into the Alpha using sleight of hand. It's not actually located in the Stanton star system, which is where the persistent universe Alpha takes place. Delamar's home is Nix, an unclaimed star system populated with anti-UEE activists, political radicals, and criminals. For testing purposes, it will be temporarily placed into the Stanton star system. I'm crossing my fingers that this zone makes it into 3.0. There's cool lore about the subculture living there, and opportunities can be found if you're willing to go off the beaten path into the underbelly of the beast. I'm no criminal, but hey, it's all in the name of testing. I can barely contain my excitement. With this one patch, CIG breaches the siloed playtesting we've experienced thus far into a unified game. There's lots more coming in Alpha 3.0. Commodities trading, cargo hauling, true piracy targets, and a reason to actually be a mercenary. All of which I'll discuss in Nightbus Episode 7. The Exterminator by Aliciana Noir, Part 2 of 2 John slipped from shadow to shadow until he was across the aisle from Habicube A-19. To prevent the security system from locking them out of the room, the delinquent guests had placed a metal object at the base of the sliding door to keep it open. His pistol locked and loaded, he crossed to the other side flattening himself against the wall to the left of the door. He heard an argument brewing inside. There were two distinct voices. The man's voice was agitated and traveled from side to side as if he was pacing. The woman's voice was hushed and nearer to the door. Her responses were clipped and defiant. The man... We need to find a ride out of this rat trap. That bitch is starting to smell. We need a plan before you get us both killed, 
the woman replied. Don't have much time. Room money's run out. Someone might be on the way, even in this dump. Need to get moving. Resolved, he said, yeah, let's get moving. Pass. I'd rather take my own chances. Suit yourself, he said. I'm better alone. You've been useless anyhow. She laughed at him with a hint of loathing. Too bad you can't fly a ship even if you manage to steal one, she said smugly. There is that. Guess that means you're coming with me. No, I'm not, she replied mutinously. That's not sounding friendly, John thought to himself. Sensing that the scene he was hearing play out was about to escalate, he leaned forward to peek through the door opening. The room was steeped in filth. Empty food and beverage containers littered the floor. The woman had her back facing the door. She was in a stained and perspiration-soaked halter top and jeans. Her brown hair was cut short and plastered to her scalp. The man was tall, lanky, bald-headed, and wore what looked like a prisoner's uniform. He was standing in the far right corner next to the bed inset into the wall. Blood-soaked sheets covered a lump on the bed. You wouldn't have made it this far without me. I'm calling the shots. The man raised a pistol toward the woman, handcuffs swinging from his wrist. John had a clean shot if he could quickly thrust his hand in the opening. He hesitated for a moment considering his options. As though the man's sixth sense of being watched had kicked in, he turned his head in John's direction and their eyes locked. The man pivoted his weapon in John's direction and leaped toward the door. Whether to close it or grab the woman as a shield, John couldn't know. What he did know was that he couldn't let this door close. John thrust his hand through the door opening while simultaneously dropping to the ground and began firing. The muzzle of the Gemini flared and smoked with each recoil. The woman who'd been standing fell to her knees screaming. Had she been hit? Couldn't worry about that now. John pulled back using the door as cover. Continuing to advance, the man screamed obscenities as he was hit. Not taking me, fuck you, you're gonna die. John kept firing. Inside the room, blood splatters rained like confetti. Inches away from him, the man's body finally fell forward, his skull hitting the slab floor with a sickening crack. John vaulted to a standing position. He pressed his shoulder through the door, forcing it to open while reloading his pistol. Station security, he said with authority. Training his pistol on the woman, he shouted, Don't move! Looking down at her, he doubted she'd move. She was in a ball, sobbing hysterically. When the woman calmed down enough to speak, John asked her her name. She didn't answer immediately. Leaning against the wall opposite her, he waited patiently for her to respond. Trying to regain her composure, 
and pointedly looking away from the corpse on the floor, she said, Diane, Diane Shay, what happened here? This guy kidnap you? Diane's pupils were dilated, black orbs in a milky white sky. It never occurred to her to lie. Her voice was unsteady as she spoke. No, no, not really. She wiped at the mascara-stained tears leaving black tracks down her face. We were on a slave ship heading to Ken's. Incredulous, John replied, Wait, what? Nah, not legal in UEE space, not even to transport. Going to have to sell me something else, sister. Tell me straight, and I'll be straight. That's my motto. I was in Yulin with, guess you'd call him my boyfriend. Guess I knew he was running a scam. He was taking bets on Sadaball. Things didn't work out. We ran a bill up at the hotel we were staying at, and he skipped out on it and me. Her voice trailed off. And? And what? He left me there sleeping. I couldn't pay it. No one to call to ask to pay it. She shrugged her shoulders. Sentenced to three months indentured service. She inhaled deeply and shook her head back and forth. Like that shit wasn't bad enough. The assholes transporting us decided they could get more for the women if they sold us on the black market instead of transporting us. The pain in her voice was too authentic to doubt. John eased up and prodded her gently to continue. Kins, huh? How'd you get here? Ronnie, she glanced at the corpse on the floor, then averted her eyes again. He hatched a plan to get us all out if someone could fly the ship. She paused, transfixed by the blood on her hands. Suddenly revolted, she began scrubbing her palms up and down on the front of her jeans. John's voice broke her out of her trance. And? And I can fly. A little. Enough to get us in the air, anyway. Autopilot somewhere safe. John grunted. Diane took it as disbelief. She briefly looked up at him. I'm a dropout of many things. One of those things being civilian flight training. Diane explained that when they realized the ship was stopping for fuel in Stanton, they'd hatched a plan to lure one of their captors into the female holding cell. Lara, an unlicensed prostitute who they'd snatched, volunteered to be the bait since she was dressed for the part. Things hadn't gone to plan. The guard was small, but put up a huge struggle. After someone grabbed his key and let Ronnie out of his cell, he'd killed the guard. Things went from bad to worse after rushing the cockpit ended at a standoff. Hoi Shi was hit and died instantly. The pilot biolocked the controls while returning fire and quantum jumped to here. Diane's voice was steadier. We think he also called for backup. Ronnie said we needed to run and take our chances. So we did. 
He grabbed what he could on the way out, anything we might be able to sell quickly. Laura was hit. I found the med kit and a coat to throw over her to hide the injury. How many of you were there? John interrupted. Four, me, Ronnie, Lara, and Hoishi. Diane cupped her face in her hands. No one was supposed to die. Just wanted to get out of there. John looked at the bloody bundle on the bed. That Lara? Yes. Ronnie sold what he grabbed to rent this room and get some food. I tried, did what I could, but I'm no medic. When we couldn't stop the bleeding, I gave her all the pain meds to stop her screaming. It was making Ronnie crazy. He started shouting and threatening to drag her off and dump her. A shudder ran through Diane from head to toe. I gave her all the pain meds in the kit and held her hand until she was quiet. You mean until she was dead? Yes, until she was dead. Diane's legs were starting to cramp. She stood cautiously, raising her hands up when she saw John put his hand on the pistol protruding from his waistband. What happens now? There are dead people here. Someone has to answer for that. The ship you arrived on could still be here. More dead bodies. He shook his head in disgust. When you're looking for trouble, you find it, I always say. John looked Diane up and down, seeing if she had any pockets. You armed? No. Never had a weapon. Was lookout in the cargo hold. I saw what happened in the cockpit on the remote camera. Pleading in her voice, she said, I just want to go home. Can't you just let me go? They were going to... Bile rose in her throat. She clamped both hands over her mouth and swallowed it back down. Wrapping her arms around herself, she said, It's not right what they were going to do. No, it's not right. Fucking scum, he spat. Delinquent checkout for this room was logged for a security check. There are bodies here that have to be accounted for. Do they? Do they what? John asked. Have to be accounted for. John rounded on her. You were looking for trouble and found it. Don't you think Lara's family deserves to know she's dead? What about this Hoishi person? I don't know what Ronnie's story was, but he might have someone who'd like to know the same. He was a drifter and a thief. This was his third stint doing time, he said. Got no tears for him. Deflated, she exhaled a sigh that completely emptied her lungs. Look, under the circumstances, you'll probably be set free after the investigation. After this, kind of scared to take my chances, know what I mean? John knew exactly what she meant. Everything would be hearsay about who'd done what. A lawyer friend once told him that if there's a body, there's a trial. People feel safer if someone's feet are held to the flame when there's a corpse. 
In this case, though, the ship logs could validate the story of being picked up in Yulin and a destination being set for Kins that was later altered, diverting them to Stanton. But the deaths within Stanton jurisdiction, they'd want someone's hide for those. Right or wrong, examples were often made to make the next person think twice. I feel for you, kid. Games turn to this. He flipped open his Moby glass and set the status of the eviction request to completed. He'd finish the official report later. For now, he wanted to prevent anyone else from being assigned to the case since he was already on site. John turned his thoughts to the unpleasantness ahead. He'd have to secure the prisoner and take her planet side for processing. Turning to Diane, he said, I'm going to have to cuff you. He saw panic in her eyes. I am not going to hurt you. Don't do this, she pleaded. It's not right. Not my fault, she said, her voice rising. Fuck those guys. If we hadn't stopped them, they were going to sell us. You're right. Absolutely right. But it's not my job to make those judgments. He said this moving forward cautiously. Live right, it'll be all right, just doing my part of the job. Local authorities will do the rest. Diane dropped her head and her shoulders sagged, resigned to her fate. When John was in front of her and about to ask her to turn around so he could cuff her, a thought occurred to him. Where was he taking her? Grimhex was in the Crusader vicinity, but not managed or policed by that corporation. His official contract on Grimhex was to evict delinquent guests and prevent damage to the functional habicubes. This situation no longer fits that scenario. Diane was certainly willing to leave, and wasn't that his first course of action? Mutually beneficial agreement to vacate? He couldn't imagine the ream of paperwork associated with reporting this situation. Damn, he'd be planet-side for hours, and that's after figuring out where to even take her. He reached to pull handcuffs out of his back pocket, but paused mid-action. Can you get out of here if I let you go? What? Diane looked up in confusion. If I cut you loose, can you get off this station? Anyone you can call for transport? Diane brought a hand up to her mouth, thinking her eyes darted back and forth. Finally, she said, no, not really. Dejection in her voice. Shit. Exasperated, John said, can't leave you here. We'll end up in more trouble or worse. Grasping at straws, Diane offered, I can find work real quick or work for a seat on a ship out of here. This isn't that kind of station. Little to no work here, but lots of trouble. It's only a few steps away from anarchy. Oh, should have guessed. Little we saw, this place is a dump. An idea occurred to her, a small ray of hope. Could you maybe help me? I find a way to pay you back, I swear. Not really my thing. I like to keep things simple. Don't ask for favors, don't do them. 
keeps everything on a level playing field. Oh, I see. Well then just let me go, I'm not your problem. John considered this option. He wondered how he'd feel if the next he heard of her, she was a corpse on Grimhex, or worse. He did believe there were things worse than death out in the cold black of space. Even if you can find work here, you can't earn enough for a place to stay while saving to get out of here. He didn't mean to direct it at her, but there was a bit of agitation in his voice. This was becoming the opposite of keeping it simple, and he had other work requests to process. That's not your problem. You think I was headed to a luxury hotel? Sleeping in a stairwell is better than that. Diane flinched when John suddenly took two strides and was suddenly next to her. When she realized that she wasn't his target, she moved out of his way. John entered his authorization code into the keypad on the door. A small panel slid open, revealing an LCD display. He accessed the room's status sheet and set the occupancy rating to non-functional. Cause, safety hazard, air purification unit irregularities. Access permissions, security and maintenance only. He closed the panel and turned to Diane. I've set the room to inoperable until it's been repaired. I'll call the local search and rescue authority to collect the bodies. After that, you can stay here while you're working on getting off the station. Diane's mouth fell open. Really? How much time does that give me? How long till a repair crew shows up? Forever. Nothing gets repaired on Grimhex. The company that owns these Habicubes collects revenue that's readily collectible, and that's it. No maintenance crews. Shops are locally owned and maintained. But I don't advise overstaying your welcome. Lots of trouble to be had, especially on this strut. A small bit of relief came over Diane's face. She closed her eyes and inhaled. When she opened them, she looked into John's eyes and tentatively reached for his hand. John let her grab his hand and give it a shake. Thank you. I won't be trouble. We'll be out of here as fast as I can. She crossed her right hand over her heart. Trust me, I've learned a scary lesson. Out of here as soon as I'm able. To her he said, Sure thing. Do right and it'll be all right. Remember that, okay? She nodded her head in agreement. How will I go in and out? Going to take you to a friend of mine. Nice woman. Get you a meal and maybe she has... He looked at her blood and dirt-stained clothes. Something you can wear for now. In the meantime, I'll get you a key card that accesses this Habicube. With any luck, the bodies will be clear before you come back. Hopefully, an acquaintance of mine is working search and rescue. I'll slip her their names. The corpse retrieval team will clean up the biofluids, too. That's a public health hazard. As for the rest of this mess, you're on your own. John opened his Moby. You know Lara's full name or anything that might help ID her? Lara Billingsley. Think she was a runaway from way back. 
She mentioned Earth several times. The others? Sorry, no. Hoishi was pretty quiet the whole time. Calm compared to me and Lara. She didn't say much. Got the impression this wasn't her first run-in with being detained by the Banu. What about the ship you were on? Need to see if it's still here. Was a rigged up cutlass black? Had the name Viper's Den painted on it. I heard them mention holding up in spider after they collected on us. The horror of the past few events washed over her, raising goose pimples on her flesh. Hugging herself, Diane said, Sorry, that's all I know. It's a start. Come on, let's get you out of here for a while. I'll flag the bodies for emergency pickup to move things along. Maggie looked up from wiping down the bar to see John walking through the door with a bedraggled young woman at his side. She recognized the jacket the woman was wearing as the one she'd seen on John earlier. This looks interesting, she mused to herself. When the pair reached the bar, she said, Didn't expect to see you back here today. Wasn't part of my day's plans either, Mags. This here's Diane. Turning to Diane, he said, This is Mags, the friend I was telling you about. Rated a friend already, Maggie said. I'll take that as a compliment. You are, and it's meant to be one. Maggie smiled. She was instantly charmed again, even though she felt a request for a favor coming. Nice to meet you, Diane. Same, Diane said in a low voice. I need a favor, Mags. Happy to help if I can. John relayed the events that had happened since she'd last seen him. He hoped the retelling of it and the choices he'd made wouldn't offend her. He was glad not to see any condemnation in her expression as she listened. Unbeknownst to John, Maggie would never have reacted that way. She'd been around too long and had seen too much to be shocked by what he'd told her. In fact, she was happily surprised that he decided to help Diane and didn't seem in character for him to skirt the law, being a man of specific values and dictums. She was glad he'd bent his rules this time. Maggie showed Diane into the employee restroom to clean up and change into a pair of overalls she kept in her office. She made her a plate of food to eat now and an extra to take with her. She suggested Diane eat and rest a bit in her office while the rest was being worked out. John and Maggie were sitting at the far end of the bar having a drink. You did the right thing, I think, Maggie offered. I can give her a couple of hours a day of work in exchange for food or credits, whichever she prefers. I'll also put out the word with folks that I trust. You're the best, Mags. You're a good guy, John. People told me you were, and they were right. You mean a good guy as in violating my contract by falsifying the condition of the Habakube? Getting a stranger a key code to live there free? Lying about how I knew the dead girl's name? He shook his head, thinking about what he'd done. Life's not always black and white, John. She interrupted his ready reply. I know, I know. You have your way of doing things. That's all well and good when it's possible. She put her hand on his shoulder 
and waited until she had his full attention. You are a good man, J.J. In this situation, it was the right thing to do. John smiled and shrugged his shoulders in acquiescence. If you say so, Mags. I do, because even good people paint outside the lines sometimes. The End Wrap Up That wraps up another episode of the Star Citizen Night Bus. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please consider subscribing to my channel and giving the episode a thumbs up. For more game commentary, lore, reviews, and other Star Citizen coverage, including a mobile-friendly, easier-to-read version of the official star map data, please visit alicianasworld.com. Be sure to register in Ally's World for an exclusive monthly newsletter. You can also support my videos, Ally's World, and my Star Citizen fiction efforts through my Patreon. A big thank you to my current subscribers. Your sponsorship is greatly appreciated. If you haven't created an account yet on robertspaceindustries.com, you can earn 5k in-game currency when the game goes live by using my referral code. When you do, I'll also earn some in-game goodies. You'll find my referral code in the show notes. This is Alyssiana signing off until next time. Be kind and fly safe. The night bus has arrived. Please watch your step while departing. Re-entering stasis in 3, 2, 1.